0: Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. girl. Join us as we journey through
1: sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Kelsey, I am so happy to have you on the show today. How are you? I am thrilled to be here. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I cannot complain. I want to explore talking about beautiful flowers, beautiful things, self-care and all of that. But before we do, I want you to introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners. So who are you and what do you do?
2: So my name is Kelsey Olivia Gaynor and I am the founder and CEO and my favorite role actually the creative director of my own company called East Olivia Creative. And we're based out of Harlem, New York, and we specialize in large scale floral installations. And we also do a lot of creative installations as well that maybe utilize other materials. And we don't only do large scale things, but that's our specialty. We really mostly work with brands and weddings um, and private events, which is
1: a little non-traditional for the floral world. Okay. So I love your work and you have a special place in my heart because we worked together on my Today I Affirm event. You guys did some beautiful floral installations there. And also you're a past client of mine. So like I just adore you, and I'm so happy to see East Olivia just being so big and phenomenal, and you're just bringing so much beauty to the world. So how did East Olivia get started? Tell us a little bit about your background, and what made you fall in love? I mean, I have to say, say the it's like so
2: exciting to have been, you know, not only a client of yours, which I actually think was around this time last year, wasn't it? It was. Like, it was, yeah. And then getting to partner with you on doing an installation for your release was honestly just like a highlight of my career. I've I've loved your work for so long and just felt that it's so important. And I think that that's kind of a good segue actually to talk about how I got into flowers because one of the main things that I've really just learned to appreciate is a feminine beauty and have learned to, through like self-care, learned the importance of beauty in our lives. I think, you know, there was a while there where I sort of struggled with the idea of doing work that was temporary and that made things beautiful. It was sort of like, I think there was an insecurity there about feeling like it was maybe vain or like self-important in a way, if that makes sense. Hmm. Because it can be I think you know, like perspective is everything. I think some ways you can look at it is that it's like this frivolous luxury, and like, is it really important? And so to backtrack just a little bit for me, and I'll kind of like tie it all together. But I spent 10 years working in the music industry. Started out when I was 18. Was really passionate about music, but I eventually got burnt out on that industry. Um, and it was through working with a friend of mine, who's a very talented designer, on my wedding that I realized that I really enjoyed Creative expression of a narrative, right? So, like my husband and I's story, and finding visual ways to express that for our wedding. For me, shifting from you know music over to more creative work. And I, I um, when I worked in the music industry, I worked out of Los Angeles I'm from Southern California, and had moved to LA and had spent about seven, eight years in LA working in the industry. Um, my husband got accepted to Columbia for grad school, so he moved out to New York. And it was really being in New York that I got connected with my most creative self. There's like just this energy here. I think it's either exhausting or invigorating, depending on the personality <laughs> type. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for me, it was invigorating and inspiring. And I felt like I had found my place. I grew up in a really tumultuous childhood. And by the time I had reached 15, 16, I was at my 17th school. So, you know, as you can imagine, there's been like, I've had a lot of different homes my whole life. Yeah. And yeah. moving to New York was really, was like, this place feels like home to me. Like, and just walking around, and it's just always so much to see and so many. Things that inspire me here visually, and so I decided it would maybe be smart to start working for Anthropology because I had always loved walking into their stores and knew they had beautiful displays. And I figured if I wanted to get some creative work under my belt, that that could be maybe a good company to go to go work for to kind of try to get involved in visuals. And it was through that that um, I started working for their bridal brand, Beholden, and we needed flowers in our shop, and um, mm-hmm. so I started doing that as part of my role and one of my regional district managers thought I was good at it and so she kept giving me more and more opportunities to work with not only flowers but also botanicals like picking out you know the plants and things that would go into different sections of the stores and eventually I moved from the bridal brand over to anthropology at their flagship in Rockefeller Center you know so I think like to tie this all back to what I was talking about before you know I was drawn to a space like anthropology because of the beautiful environment and what I've really learned about our environment in relation to self-care for myself has been that it's extremely important sort of like you know when you have like a really cluttered space how I don't know if this happens to you Alex but like I can feel like really anxious or like yeah for me it's sort of like it's like holding the space and creating this sort of like level experience so that people can connect more with themselves And with one another. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's like flowers basically are my medium to do that. And it was really also in part of the going and buying from the New York City flower market. That's also really just important and integral part of my story because I think that, you know, while I was from California and flowers are everywhere and the LA flower market is massive, the New York flower market is very small in comparison. And the wholesalers there who now are basically like my family are so talented at sourcing just some of the most incredible things that you can ever imagine. And I love, I love just walking through that market. And almost every time I go, which I go weekly, I discover something I've never seen before. I think that's another side to beauty is that discovery aspect, like having that moment of discovery, reminding us that to stay curious that there are so many things that we don't know. And that kind of then creates a sort of like connection to a childlike way of like the experience of being curious and getting to discover something new. I think that growing up in sort of like a hard, cynical environment and living in a fast-paced urban <laughs> <laughs> environment like New York, you know, yeah. it, it really can sometimes, I think, wear you down and there is the opportunity to sort of just kind of like see things as being like dulled. Um, and I feel like natural and ephemeral beauty is is a way that we can reconnect to our spirit, to ourselves, and remind us of sort of that like wonder that still exists in the world. And so that's something that even though so many of my clients are these like large brands and things, like that's what I seek to do. Like what's our moment of discovery? You know, like maybe we're doing something that the installation's all roses, but you know, are we gonna manipulate the rose and reflect it and make it look interesting or create these sort of moments for people to maybe experience something that they've never experienced before.
0: Would you buy a t-shirt for 50 bucks if you knew it only cost 7 to make? I wouldn't. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. They want you to know what you're paying for and why. So they tell you their real costs and are radically transparent about every step in their process, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. That is what keeps me coming back to this brand. Essentials like their cotton crew t-shirt are exactly what they should be: versatile, simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. I own so many of them. I've lost count. I have new ones. I have old ones and they all give me what I need. Quality, endurance, comfortability. It's truly amazing. Right now in rotation, I have a few pair of Everlane's denim, of course my t-shirts from them, and my sweatshirts. I can't live without any of them and I am so happy that Everlane makes quality goods that I can continue to go back to. Right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com heygirl. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com heygirl. Again, that's Everlane.com, Slash, Hey Girl.
1: So it sounds like, with all of that, flowers and your sense of community intertwines. Because I didn't know that about you, that your regional manager saw something in you and gave you an opportunity to explore your creativity in a new way. And I want to segue into talking about flowers showing you the importance of blooming and what their beauty does for not only you, but the world. You know, you're building these sometimes massive floral installations, do you ever just take a step back and think like, wow, I did that and this is going to change how people see flowers?
2: Yes, I do thankfully get to have that experience a lot. I love how you talked about like just the question about, you know, how flowers sort of more in like a metaphorical way. I think not to bring it up too much, but, you know, as I had mentioned, like I had sort of a difficult upbringing and was really... Not in a place to be able to. I never really felt like I had control over my environment. So I became mm-hmm. very sentimental, like the physical things. you know, like those were something I could like hold on to. And I think one of the main things that flowers, taught me is the value of ephemeral beauty and the value of something that doesn't last forever there's been a real sense of security for me in being able to like hold on to something right in terms of like what flowers in their natural state have, have really taught me I think that's one of the the most important lessons is really like okay you know you have this medium to create with and it's only going to last for a couple of days and oftentimes mm our events are even shorter than that. (laughs) So we're creating these, you know, massive uh, installations and then they're taken down in a matter of hours. And I think it really taught me a lot about letting go and the value of creating something, even if you can't hold on to it. I mean, that's truly, I mean, that, that maybe really is the most important lesson that flowers have taught me that there's really still that not being able to hold on to it doesn't in any way remove any value of anything it actually I think encourages me at least and I believe others to be present in the moment it's you know and there's almost just like exciting you know, going to the market in the morning and there's a limited amount of certain things you know if you don't grab that bunch of peonies that you really fell in love with, like it's very possible that somebody else like walks up five minutes later and it's and it's gone. Not for that to like encourage any sort of scarcity, but more so just encouraging that like opportunities pass and moments pass. So learning to be present in those moments, I think beauty really teaches that. One of the most exciting things that happened, we were part of what's called the New York City Flower Show put on by this organization called LEAF. It was the first one they had done and we got to do an installation in front of the Flatiron Building. Um, I'm not sure if, if you saw photos
1: of that. Um, you know I saw we- photos of that and that was <laughs> mind-blowing.
2: It was so cool and at first I was actually kind of frustrated by it because there was no structure so we had to create a structure right like and and it's in a public place that so had to be safe and doing that kind of work is expensive like fabricating a structure is very expensive and it's outside in a city public place so There's like city ordinances and different rules you have to follow we had tried to get a sponsor. Uh, it was like two last minute. And so I ended up having to kind of just take a chance on it and, and self-fund it. I remember the guy who runs the, the LEAF organization. He's like, well, now that we don't have a sponsor, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I'm still doing this. If I'm going to have an installation kind of flat iron building, you better believe it is going to be epic. Because it's either like all or nothing. as <laughs> as far as I Right. So it was so funny. Like we literally had to load out of our studio at 1 a.m., be on site at 2am and built this thing from 2am to about 6am. We got caught in a downpour. Bring this giant pop-up tent. (laughs) Thankfully, they had brought that on site. So we popped up this tent and put it over the insulation, waited till it stopped raining, you know, put up finishing touches. I had been up all night. So it was my plan to go home and go to sleep afterwards. But I actually had the hardest time leaving because I've never gotten to see so many people interact with my work before, like on mm-hmm. a public level. Like everything that we do, like 9.9 times out of 10 is for a private event. It's really only people that are invited to this event that get to see our work. And I mean, the foot traffic in front of Flatiron is crazy. And I literally had to stand in line to take a photo in front of my own installation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there are bloggers and different people like jumping in and taking photos. But really the thing... And and which I love and appreciate and it's great, but I just loved people stepping. We sort of created this sort of like immersive shape that mimicked the flat iron. It was like the opposite. So it was almost like a V that you could sort of step into. So people could get really close to the flowers and seeing – like touching them and looking at them and trying to figure out what they were. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. I mean, I just, I absolutely loved it. It felt like such an honor to get to on um, display for, you know, thousands, if not more people to see and watching people enjoy something that I had a hand in creating was, I don't know, it was like nothing else.
1: That, first of all, is huge. It's a huge milestone. And, and you and I have, have talked about this before privately, like just overcoming self-doubt and like the obstacles that get in the way of us touching what we want to touch and doing what we want to do. So hearing you talk about, you know, the downpour and like no sponsor and just figuring it out and have community come out, touch your work, be in front of it. And then have you being able to step back and say, like I mentioned earlier, damn, I did that. That is Mm -hmm. the like becoming and blooming. And Mm -hmm. I loved how you mentioned earlier that a lot of your installations get taken down hours after you put them up. And Mm -hmm. for me, that made me cringe. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) they're so so beautiful. Why on earth would they want to take them down? But I I get it, right? Like that's just the flow of, of the business. But to hear you say that flowers have taught you the importance of letting go and not feeling like, just because you let go of the thing that it's negative or that Mm -hmm. it makes that thing any less important or beautiful. Do
0: you have a to-do list that never seems to end? Maybe it's running from a flight straight to a meeting or still having to cook dinner for yourself. Well, now Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are perfect for the office, home, and anywhere your day takes you. Beta Brand has the perfect pants to match. Choose from the dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles like the boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped, and more. They even have a pair with eight, yes, eight pockets. And now they also offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Right now, my listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash heygirl. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash heygirl. Millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash heygirl for 20% off.
1: Before we wrap up, talk a little bit about how you got to the point of letting go not being a loss, necessarily, before we wrap up. How did that become what you kind of stood on in your business? I mean, I think a big part of it, you know,
2: it's interesting, like when I first started, and I still do this now, but I can remember getting some pretty big projects. And we started out of my six-floor (laughs) walk-up. So as you can imagine, it was so much work just to get like hundreds yeah. of tons of flowers up and down. <laughs> I would still, you know, get attached to the work. And after we did tear down, you know, I would want to bring the flowers back to my house to repurpose them or whatever. I remember my husband and I actually getting into somewhat of an argument because he's like, can't we just get rid of this if we really need to bring it home? And I was like, no, we have to bring it home. And it's so great that we did because it's so funny from bringing those flowers home. I took a photo of them. I posted on my Instagram design sponge ended up picking up that photo, which ended up being my, even just like my internet relationship with with Design Sponge and some other accounts really supported you know having more eyeballs on what I was doing and I I told my husband I'm like see I told you it's right
1: but you know I think that
2: what's interesting is I really also enjoy photographing flowers I don't get to do it as much now but I think that being committed to repurposing and sustainability so we compost a, a lot of our things which this is not California, I'm in New York, so it's, it's not as common here. You really have to actually work hard to get composting bins and things like that. Me really appreciating the ephemeral beauty of these natural items led to me doing extra work on the back end to sort of bring them additional longevity. And I mm-hmm. think whether it's through photographing or rearranging them, I think that was sort of like the, like the middle ground, right? Or sort of like the journey that I would go through to letting go. So it wasn't, Mm -hmm. now it's easier because in order to scale and move as quickly as we do, and now I have, I have five full-time employees, including myself, and we're operating on both coasts. It's really, really exciting. But in order to operate a business at that level, I can't feel precious about every single thing that we do. However, Mm -hmm. I think that through that sort of natural tendency, I had to kind of hold on to things. Ended up being a really beautiful part of the story as well, because it taught me a lot more about how we can reuse and repurpose things and how we can be responsible, you know, environmentally. The uh, events industry is extremely Mm -hmm. wasteful, And so finding different practices, within that industry, within our own ways that we do that. I think that also brings a sense of pride too to what we're doing and helps in that letting go process. And I think the other part of it too that I just wanted to note, you know, ephemeral beauty is, is a privilege. And just like any privilege that I have, I believe it's my responsibility what I do with that privilege. Right. So I get to work with incredibly beautiful products. And so to me, part of the, that letting go process is my narrative of what happens with those things in the letting go? Where are they landing? Because it's mm-hmm. not just about throwing them in the trash. It's about right. following that thread of privilege of getting to work with this product and create with this product all the way down to the impact of this product. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just, I don't know, I think having that intentionality behind everything that we do, it it just feels, I don't know, it it feels really rewarding and Again, like I said, like I, it gives myself and our team a lot of pride in what we do. And I think that, you know, there is something about just letting something go. But I think that letting go is the process in and of itself. And just mm-hmm. like anything else, with more practice, the more habitual it becomes. So at first, it's difficult to let go of the flowers (laughs) and at first it's difficult to remember to compost everything you know and it can be difficult to implement some of these standards or these practices but when you really look at the narrative behind them and the purpose behind them that also supports in the Motivation for like the additional effort and work because it does, it takes so much more work too to let go of things intentionally than it does to just be like, okay, I'm gonna toss this all in trash. I feel like that also really connects to life and the things that I'm thinking of internally. And I think that I've experienced some really incredible losses this year. Um, I've been saying that 2019 is like maybe gonna crush me personally, but professionally it's amazing. Um, right. But you know, I like lost a parent fear and have you know really just gone through some things that I wasn't expecting especially when I felt on top of the world with my business I think that it's just the two really continue to to feed in to each other you know we have so much less control over things than we'd like to think and the more that I learn about intentionally sort of releasing things I think the more patience and peace I have for myself and others. I think that's a really good way to end.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.